When the Holy Spirit comes into our lives at our salvation, he comes to make us holy in our practice, in our lifestyle. If there is not a yearning in our hearts to live a holy life pleasing to God, then we're going to have to question our faith and whether our faith in Christ is real. If you have no desire, you're not that interested in living a holy life, then you might want to check and see if you ever made a faith commitment to Christ. This is Jerry G. Martin, and welcome to The Light of the World. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and have asked him to come into your life and to be your Lord and Savior, there is an expectation on how we should live. There ought to be a difference between the believer and the unbeliever. Listen to this message today as we share with you that God wants you to be holy. The one who has license says, as long as your conscience is free, you can do as you please. So how then do we manage when we're confronted with areas that we are not clear in the scripture about how we should function? There are some things that should govern our lives as believers that will help us to navigate about what our behavior should be as people of God. Would you agree that if we are saved, that those who uh, live around us and work around us should recognize that we have a different way of living in our life? Well, I want to give you some principles that if you would follow these, will govern your behavior. And these are some principles from Scripture. And will help you to understand whether or not, when you're in one of these gray areas, whether or not you should continue. Here's number one. These are eight things. Number one. Whatever you're doing, is it excess? Is it excess? Is the activity or habit necessary? Do I need to do it? It is important that it must be done. Is it excess? Hebrews tells us in chapter 12, verse 1, about some things. He says, you know, everything is not a sin, but some things are a weight. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything. The King James said, let us throw off every weight. Let us lay aside every weight and sin. Some things will weigh you down. It's not a sin, but it'll weigh you down to keep you from being effective in your living and in your life for Jesus Christ. He says, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangle us and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. Some things are not sin, but they will be a habit that will entangle you. It may have even started out as a good thing. Watching television is not a sin, but if that's all you do, it can become a weight. It will become a sin if the Spirit of God speaks to you and tells you to cut it out. Then you're disobedient, and disobedience is sin. And when it becomes a sin for you, then don't try to make it a sin for everybody else. I've seen people do that. The Lord's been speaking to them. The Holy Spirit's been challenging them to, to stop doing something in their life. And then they'll come to church and say, the Lord's been speaking to us. We need to all turn our televisions off. Uh, no, he's been speaking to you. And they want to put it on everybody else. No, he told you to turn yours off. Okay, because it's becoming a weight. It's becoming a hindrance to you. Number one, is it excess? Secondly, is it expedient or beneficial to you? Is what I want to do helpful or useful, or is it only desirable? Is it beneficial? 
Is it helpful? Is it useful? Or is it detrimental? Uh, smoking is detrimental to your health. It's not useful. Or you just got a habit and you just started on it. It's not beneficial to you. And we want you to be around a long time. Somebody asked, can you go to heaven uh, smoking? Sure, but you get there a whole lot faster because you're going to die early. <laughs> is it beneficial? If it's not beneficial, then ask the question, why am I doing it? Thirdly, does it emulate Christ? Does it emulate Christ? 1 John 2, 6 says, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Does it emulate Christ? Am I walking as Christ walked while I'm doing this? This behavior, this activity. Can you see Christ in Las Vegas hanging around at the cabaret? Will it emulate Christ? Thirdly, am I setting an example? Am I setting an example? Are you setting an example for others to follow, especially the weaker brothers and sisters in Christ? When people first get saved, you know, they're very pliable. In other words, they're able to bend and to mold and to, and to teach in almost any area. We heard the person who just got saved for a year says, you know, I'm, I'm learning as I go and reading the scripture what I shouldn't do. And as I learn, I'm not going to do that. So the new believers come in and they just say, I just want to do what's right. I just want to do what God wants me to do. And then the older believers say, well, uh, you, can do, you can do this and you can do that and you can do this. And they say, Really? Some believers say, you know, there's no problem going to the club. The Bible didn't say you can go to the club. And the new believers say, I, I, really? Oh, sure. And the new believer, you know, just, just, just gets saved. And, and you'll say, hey, come on, let's go out to the restaurant after church. And you go out there and, you know, you've been saved for a while. And you just say, you know, just, just give me that margarita. <laughs> and the new believer says, uh, I was always taught we wasn't supposed to drink. Oh, girl, don't you know the Bible just say, oh, with excess. Now, we're not going to be excess here today. <laughs> and the new believer, okay. So after your third margarita. <laughs> now, this ain't excess. Now, what's excess for you might not be excess for me. You know, I can handle this. Is it an example? Paul told Timothy, he says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believer in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. You know, I have some practical things about how we should govern ourselves. And I'll get to, to that in a minute. Just here now, number five. How will it affect my ability to evangelize or to reach others for Jesus Christ? That's something curious. Folks who don't know the Lord. Folks who are not saved, some may never have been saved, and some may have never even gone to church. They have an uncanny ability to know how Christians ought to act. You ever notice that? Unsaved folk. Oh, I thought you were a Christian. They'll tell you that in a minute. When they see you behave in a certain way. I thought you were a Christian. Why are you doing that? Why are you lying? You're supposed to be a Christian. Why are you looking at that magazine? You're supposed to be a Christian. Oh, you got lottery tickets? I thought you were a Christian. I don't know where they get their lists from, but these unbelievers, they sure can pin it on you when they see you. Here's one thing that will govern your behavior. Am I carrying myself in a way such that the Holy Spirit can use me at any time, anywhere to reach somebody for Jesus Christ? 
I'll tell you, it's going to be very difficult if you're standing in the 7-Eleven scratching out those numbers to witness to the guy next to you. <laughs> it's going to be kind of tough, even if you believe that this is not a sin. It's just going to be tough to say, the, the Lord will provide. All I need is Jesus. It's going to be kind of tough for that person to think genuinely. So the question is, will the Lord be able to use you at any time, at any place, regardless of what you are doing? That's the question you need to ask myself. Not whether it's right or wrong. Am I available? And can it be used? That'll help you. When you're sitting in the restaurant with your margarita and somebody falls out on the floor with an illness or stroke or seizure and the Lord wants you to lay hands on them and speak a blessing and speak with an anointed power and you just start licking the salt off the glass. <laughs> and the Lord says, I want you to lay hands on that person on the floor. And you, Excuse me. <laughs> what you going to say? Are you ready with your Christian liberty? I say, not, not right now, Lord. That's the key. Or when you, and God wants to use you to speak to somebody that's walking through. Is he going to be able to listen to you or is he going to be looking at, can you please put that out? And they're saying, you know, you're not supposed to be smoking in here. Hello. And when that's your attitude, it's a lot of things that we were doing that we would just not do. We're not putting ourselves in a place to be used of God. That's the main thing. There's some stuff you have the right to do as a believer that you will not do. Colossians chapter 4 verse 5 say, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer everyone. So we have to watch how our behavior, because folks are looking at you. They are observing you. So the fifth thing, how will it affect my ability to evangelize, reach others, to be a blessing in somebody else's life? Folks will really come back at you. See, that's why it's so hard for us to even minister and, and speak into the, our family members' lives. You know why? Because they, they remember when we were just cut up so bad before we got saved. They don't want to hear us. They know all of our secrets and they know all the stuff we've done. They don't want to hear us because they know all of that stuff. Whenever somebody see, recognize, know something about you, they don't want to hear you. That's why it's hard for some of us to, to reach people on our jobs because they saw us cut up so bad at the job. The hills talk so bad to other folk. Number six, does it edify? Will it build up? Will I be built up by doing this? Will I be matured in Christ? Will I become spiritually stronger doing this? Will it help me in that area? Then seven, does it exalt the Lord? Does it build up the Lord? Is God glorified in this and whatever I'm doing? then it's not a matter of whether it's right or wrong. It's a matter of whether or not God is exalted. Can he get the glory? 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whether you eat, whether you drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Here's the eighth thing. Can I extricate myself? Extricate means to extract, to remove, to get out, get from among it. So I tell people who are struggling, and, and, and when you have a habit like smoking, it can be very, very tough to get rid of it. And I say, can you get rid of it? Can you stop it? And if they say, no, I can't stop it, then the Bible tells us not to be under bondage to anything. 
Can you stop doing that? Can you stop playing the lottery? Well, if you can't, you got a problem. You got a gambling problem. Can you stop going down to Kashada Reservation and acting like you're going to visit your kinfolk? <laughs> you know, I got to go to Louisiana this weekend, Pastor. <laughs> well, I can stop it. Well, if you can stop it, just stop it. And if you can't stop it, you got a problem and you need to stop it. <laughs> can you extricate yourself from it? Can you get out of it? Can you remove yourself? If you just got to keep watching pornography, you got a problem. Here's what Paul said again. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. I'm not going to say you're going to go to hell if you get a lottery ticket and you scratch it off. and You pray, Lord, if I hit, I'm going to pay off the building fund. And nobody must be hitting because nobody brought any building fund money in. I know better. I know church folk going to go play anyway. You know, they, they're not going to play until they get up to about $200 million, And then they can feel the spirit just telling them, you know, I believe this is the way God going to bless you. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. And they're going to go. So I know you're going to do that. That's not good stewardship of God's money. And that's not a good testimony. But if you hit, you bring your tithe on into the storehouse. Be obedient to God. <laughs> Don't do two sins. Be obedient. If you, if you hit, bring it on in here. We'll use it for the kingdom of God. Paul had to deal with this church that had all kind of things going on, and people are confused. People are confused today when they talk to believers. We can't tell what we ought to do. We know about the biggies. We know about the top ten that we ought not be doing these things. In our lifestyle, you can see how it's easy for us to have a different view of what we ought to do, what we ought not to do. Someone says it's okay to drink, not in excess. Somebody else says, no, you shouldn't do it at all. Well, what should I do? Somebody says, it's okay if you smoke. It's not unbiblical. Somebody else says, no, 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 kick him out to church. Somebody else says, no, it's okay to do this. Somebody says, no, you can't do that at all. Listen, there are some things that you're going to have to be governed by the Spirit of God in you as you come to the Lord. Here's the key. When we come to the Lord, there's habits and behavior that we still are struggling with. But the key is, the closer you get to God, if this is God, your desire ought to be getting close to God day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, in your Christian growth and maturity. The closer you get to God, the more things you will lay aside. That's just a natural thing that happens. The closer you get to God, it, that doesn't come with how long you've been saved. There are some people who have been saved a long time and they're still way out here. And then there are some people who just got saved and they're running as hard as they can to get close to God. The closer you get to God, the more you will pull off on your own. Nobody will have to tell you to stop doing some things. Nobody will have to tell you to stop doing this, stop doing that. The closer you get to God, you, the light of his glory will shine on us and his searchlight will shine on us and say, there are some things that nobody else can see in our lives that he'll say, you know, you need to make an adjustment there. You need to reduce that. You've got a, a grudge you keep holding. You need to get rid of that grudge. There's some envy. There's some covetousness. There's some jealousies. There's some things that are going on in your life that you need to get rid of. And the closer we get, the more, the more that we have to reduce and pull off if we're going to stay in his presence. That's the way it is. So my job is to say, you need to get close to God. Get closer to God. Get closer to God. And I know that as your heart's desire is to please him and to get closer to him, you will begin to walk in a way that areas 
will, even though they might be gray. And even though they might be good even. So there are some good things. They're not, sin, they're not even in a gray area. They're in a good area, but it may not be right for you. Where God has taken you, you might have to give it up. It might be good, but you might have to give it up. Because God may be taking you to a place where you can't have that on you when you're getting close to him. But just realize that's just for you when you come into the presence of God. You got to give it up. When I first got saved, I, you know, I, I, I was listening to Magic 102. But I wanted to hear something different. I wanted to hear the word of God. So nobody had to tell me, you have to give this up. I, I just exchanged it because something else was more interesting to me. Something else was more desirable to me. Nobody said, well, it's a sin. You got to turn that off. I, I, I didn't have to turn that off. I turned something else on. So it wasn't a matter that you can't listen to this song. You can't listen to this station. You can't listen to that. There's something else that's got a greater interest to me. I want to hear worship. I want to hear word. I want to hear something that's spiritual. I want to hear something that's going to feed my spirit, man. And I begin to run toward those things. And when I ran toward those things, I ran away from some other things. I tell a story that my wife, she's a great cook, almost gourmet status. And one day she asked me, and she wanted to cook, and the ingredients called for some burgundy wine or something. And she says, why are you just up? Would you pick up some wine? And I said, sure. You know, I wasn't thinking about it until I got the wine. <laughs> and I got this fifth of wine in my hand. And I'm standing there at the checkout line. And I'm thinking, here I am, standing here with a fifth of wine. <laughs> Not a problem until I started thinking about it. Then I started trying to hide it. And then I say, somebody going to see me trying to hide it. And no, uh, it's for cooking. Sure, pastor. It's for cooking. Right. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> so now I say, would you put it in a little bag? Oh, now I got it in a bag and it's twisted. <laughs> We're going to have to do mail order from now on. I'm not going down to the store. I know what's happening with it. It's not a problem, but it just don't look good. So I'm not going in to buy anymore. Let's order online. <laughs> and somebody going to say, no, he's getting wine shipped to him. <laughs> you can't win with some people. <laughs> and then somebody would just say, oh, oh, sure, you know, uh, pastor got it going on. So I said, I can't do that. Wine is not an issue. Don't you know that there is uh, things that God made are, are amoral. Everything God made was good. People abuse it. People use it in the wrong way. The same people say you shouldn't drink any alcohol at all. Alcohol will never touch my lip. They get sick. The first thing they do is grab a bottle of NyQuil. It's got alcohol in it. Strong concentration of alcohol in it. So it's not the alcohol. It's the application. Go to the dentist and don't let him give you any cocaine. You ever heard of Novocaine? You want some cocaine at the dentist. You just didn't know you were getting cocaine. There's nothing wrong with cocaine. God made it, but people use it in an abnormal way. And they abuse it. And they misapply it. That's why it's called drug abuse. Nothing wrong with the drug. We got all kinds of uh, medicines. And some people abuse the drugs that come from the pharmacy with the prescription. They just got to have it before they go to sleep. 
Got to have something to get up. Got to have something to make it through the day. These things will begin to be a bondage in our life and begin to control us. So we can't focus on the thing. We can have to focus on our behavior and our response to those things. So if you're here today and there are some things in your life you're struggling with, the key is give it all to God as you come closer to God. You may have convinced yourself that it's okay since you couldn't find it forbidden in Scripture. But when you answer the questions we've asked, should you still indulge in those things? Are you struggling with habits? Are you under the control of something? Make a commitment that, that all you do, you're going to do it to the glory of God. There's no better time than now to make the commitment. God, I'm going to lay aside every weight. I'm going to lay aside everything that's hindering me. It may not be wrong. It may not be wrong to anybody else, but I just know that it's hindering me, and I want to get that thing out of my life. I want to be a better witness for God. Will you bow your heads with me? Father, we thank you today for your goodness. We thank you for your word. As the church in Corinth were struggling with their behavior and what they could and couldn't do, we struggle today in our churches with our behavior, what is right, what is good, what is true, what is moral. We ask right now that by your divine spirit and by your power, as we, your people, seek you with our whole hearts, that you would let your light shine upon us and in us in everything that's not right, everything in us that's not pleasing, that we'll have a heart to lay it aside so that we can be pleasing to you in every way. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We praise you, Almighty God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Those of you who are here today and you've never made a commitment to Jesus Christ, I want you to know that that's the best decision that I've ever made in my life, just to give my life to Jesus Christ. If you've never made that commitment and your life is a wreck, it's going downhill, and you say, Pastor, I, I know I need a change in my life. I know I need things to turn around, and I've heard the word, and I know I need Jesus Christ in my life, and I want to make that decision today. I'm here to encourage you that as we are here in this season, he didn't come so that we can just have a celebration. He came so that we can have eternal life. He gave his life for us. And if you're here today and you've never made a commitment to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I give you that opportunity right now. Say, Pastor, you're talking to me. I need Jesus Christ in my life. Right where you are, I want to pray with you. You may be here today and you've made a commitment in the past, but you've drifted away from the Lord. You found yourself uh, out of fellowship with God. You haven't been living a lifestyle like you used to. You may have even been baptized in the past. And you say, but pastor, I know I'm not living like God wants me to live. And I, I just need to recommit my life to Jesus Christ. I want to start over again. I want a fresh commitment to Christ. We want to pray with you. You say, I need a fresh start. I, I need a fresh start. I need a fresh commitment. I want to walk. I want to walk toward the Lord with all of my heart. Today is your day of getting back on track. It was the Lord Jesus Christ who said, Why do you call me Lord and you don't do the things that I say? He made a distinction between those who know him and follow him and those who do not know him. You've been listening to this message today to help you to understand that God requires something of us. He wants us to live a holy life, honoring and pleasing to Him. He asks us in the book of Romans chapter 12 to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, 
which is our spiritual act of worship or our reasonable service. Be encouraged and be conscious about living a holy life. If you would like to hear this message again in its entirety, you can hear it on our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. I invite you to come and worship with us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. We're at 16161 Old Humble Road. If you can't make it there in person, join us online at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. If you would like for someone to join you in prayer, call our prayer line number at 281-964-1393. That's 281-964-1393. And don't forget about our Beacon Bookstore right here on our campus. We have church supplies, offering supplies, communion supplies, books and Bibles, or whatever you need for your church. Call the Beacon at 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.